Welcome to episode 40 of the Running on Ohm podcast with Ricky Gates, professional trail mountain runner, photographer, and world traveler. In this episode, Ricky shares his running journey from not making the University of Colorado's cross-country team three years in a row to winning his first race and eventually becoming an accomplished trail and mountain runner. He discusses his philosophy of intuitive running, focused on self-awareness and training without a watch. Ricky shares his experiences running on all seven continents and what races have been most memorable to a recount of the most challenging race. Ricky explores the intersection between running and photography and the logistics of carrying photography gear with him. Lastly, Ricky reveals upcoming races on his bucket list and his 2014 calendar. If you would like to connect with Ricky and the Running on Ohm community, you can find us on runningonohm.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In addition, in order to help others find the Running on Ohm podcast, it would be very helpful if you could leave a review on iTunes. Oh. Welcome, Ricky, to the Running on Ohm podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. So have you taken your daily run today? Uh, I actually have not. Uh, I'm getting a bunch of stuff organized. Uh, I've been on the road for the past, uh, uh, more or less for the past two months, and I'm just trying to get my life organized again. And so, uh, yeah, sometime this afternoon, it's three o'clock now, I'm, I'm often out the door after three or four or five for my, for my run. Nice. Now, backing up a bit, how did running into your life? Why were you inspired to first lace up your shoes? Um, I started running when I was in, in high school, freshman year in high school. And uh, I guess the, the, the main reason as a freshman in high school to join the running team is that my friend told me that it was uh, co-ed and the soccer team wasn't and sounded like a whole lot more fun than, than getting yelled at by the soccer coach. So that's where it started was freshman year in high school. And moving on from there, I read that you went to CU, but you didn't run at CU. Uh, correct. So yeah. Tell I, listeners a little bit about what that journey was like to not be running in college yet be really passionate about running. Yeah, so uh, my my freshman year was at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I did run there, um, and then took two years off and uh, traveled around South America. Went to Europe, uh, traveled around the states. Um, got a lot of skiing in in my hometown of Aspen, and then uh, took up school again when I was twenty or twenty one. And uh, tried to to make the the University of Colorado cross country team uh, three years in a row and and came up short. So uh, I was definitely running during those years. Uh, I just uh, didn't have the the speed uh, um, to to quite make the uh, the CU cross country team, um, which uh, was a little bit of a thorn in my side, but. Um, I don't know, I guess afterwards I was determined to kind of figure out what uh, what I was good at with running um, or if that was really even all that important. And uh, so that's kind of where I went from there. I, I, that's when I started getting more into uh, the mountain and trail running um, because that's kind of what I enjoyed most about running. Um, was being in the hills and being on the trails. And uh, and that's where I ended up uh, kind of excelling in the sport. 
So what was there a turning point? Was there a certain race where you felt like things just clicked? I know you describe really leading yourself into more of an, an intuitive style of running, less based on pace, less on mileage. Was there a certain moment where you're like, wow, I'm going to take this other direction with running? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I can, I have an exact race. Uh, it was the Imogene Pass Run, and I want to say that was 2005. Um, it was my senior year in college, and, and I think I just not made the, the cross-country team for a third time in a row. And uh, um, I wanted to run this race down in southern Colorado in the San Juans. It's a point-to-point. Uh, I just figured it would be a fun weekend. And, and it was a fun weekend, and I won. Um, uh, not with any spectacular time. I don't think uh, anyone's won with such a slow time since then. Um, but it it kind of showed me that uh, I was, you know, there, there's a future in the sport for me. Um, I met Buzz Burrell at that race, um, who's out of Boulder. He's kind of definitely one of the pioneers of um, kind of longer mountain and trail running. Uh, he, he was doing it back in the 70s and 80s and he still um got his fingers on the pulse in the sport and uh he told me about the u.s mountain running team back then which i'd never heard about and uh so i kind of uh started following uh that that path uh, i tried out for the u.s mountain running team the next the following year um and made it um and then was on the team um, for the next four or five years, I guess, after that. So that's, uh, that was the, the starting point was the Imogene Pass run in Southern Colorado. Why do you think you like mountains? Why do you think you like running hills? I mean, I know you've run the Mount Washington road race, which you've won before twice. Um, so you obviously Uh, have the capacity to (laughs) run uphill (laughs) pretty fast. What attracts you to it? Um, I don't know. I guess it's just, I feel for, for me, I grew up in the mountains and, and that's always been my, uh, um, my backyard. Um, it's always just made more sense to, to run in the mountains than, than to find the flat, uh, trails or, which I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to. I just, uh, I don't know the, there's always something about getting up high and, and looking down on, on where you came from and, and looking around, uh, yeah. Talk a little bit more about your intuitive style of running. Do you do workouts? Do you have a strict training p- plan? I mean, you've accomplished some great race wins and places. And in order to do that, I imagine you must be training at a pretty high level. How do you balance those two things? Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that I have a strict, uh, any sort of strict training regimen. Um, I kind of know from having been running for the past 20 years uh, what is required of someone in order to do well. Um, You have to get your speed workouts in. You have to get your long runs in. Um, Ideally, you have to get some sort of core strengthening in. Um, But my kind of a a turning point for me in the sport was uh, to kind of realize that all of those things can be done and they can be done in, in, uh, in an enjoyable manner, um, which for me is, is, uh, absolutely essential. I, I, I can't see myself, 
um, doing any of those things if I, if I don't really enjoy them. Um, so, uh, with speed workouts, I don't really even bring a watch with me. I just kind of, you know, I, I know a, um, a plate, a, a distance that I just run it pretty hard eight or 10 times. Um, long, long runs, uh, I don't know. I, I look at the clock before I left and it was about three o'clock and I get back at about six o'clock. Um, I don't know. These are all, these are all things that I think that we're capable of doing without a watch and, and without a, um, a training agenda. Um, I know that it works really well for some people to have all of that stuff written down and documented. Uh, but for me, it, it kind of, takes a little bit of the soul of the sport away from it. And so I just, uh, you know, when you're, when I'm feeling good, I run hard when I'm feeling tired, I rest. And, um, I think that's kind of the way it should be, but, um, I know, I know that's what works for me at any rate. Well, it's really beautiful. It definitely takes a deep listening to yourself to be able to do that, which I think myself included is working on. <laughs> yeah. What would you consider the most mentally challenging race you've ever had? Oh, um, man, uh, maybe, uh, I, I guess I have a few. It's <laughs> mentally challenging is, uh, for me, almost synonymous with the amount that I suffer and, um, manage to push myself uh, continue to push myself on. And, uh, I suppose in that regard that, uh, you rock last year in Vail, the ultra race of champions last year in Vail, um, was probably the most painful race that I've ever run. Um, and, and it was so for a whole bunch of hours, um, and to, to keep myself going through that, um, through this suffering and through getting passed by lots of people and um, just determined to get to the finish line. I suppose in that regard, that was the, the most uh, challenging. Um, and then another race that's consistently challenging, regardless of how I run and if I'm doing well in it or not doing well in it. Uh, I think it's probably the, any stair race that I've done uh, the empire state building race being, the main one that I can think of, uh, just extremely painful from, from three minutes in and, uh, all the way to the finish. Um, and it doesn't matter how good of shape you're in or, or, uh, how smart you run. It's just extremely painful. Um, and watching your, your progress go by with each floor labeled, you know, 50th floor, 51st floor, 52nd floor. It's just like a very, very slow, painful metronome. So why do you do it then? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, I, I believe that we, as human beings, grow through um, struggle. Um, and not to say that I, I'm always searching out struggle, but... Uh, um, when things are easy and going well for a really long time, I feel a little bit empty. Um, and, and when I, uh, have to work really hard for something and, and, uh, um, you know, I, 
I go through pain or suffering to, to achieve what I want. Um, I don't know. It just makes it seem like I, like I earned it. Mm, yeah. I think a lot of people are almost addicted to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you also have a huge um, history and background in traveling around the world. You've been to all seven continents. Have you run on all seven continents? I have. I, I have raced on, I guess technically I've raced on six continents uh, and then run on all seven. Um, the one that I'm missing is the, I guess, the, the motherland of running. Uh, I haven't uh, raced in Africa um, and we'll see if that changes in, in the next couple of years. Uh, I'd like to get there for a race. Um, and then... Yeah, if you if you consider uh, the eastern part of Turkey uh, as Asia, then I've raced in Asia and Antarctica, New Zealand, South America, all over Europe, uh, and then of course all over the states and Mexico and Canada. So, yeah, the traveling. I would say that yeah, traveling came first, and and running came second. Um, running. Um, was kind of a, the medium through through which I started to interpret my my travels. So um, you know, before I used to travel somewhat uh, aimlessly, and then uh, kind of after I discovered um, the ability to combine running and travel, um, that they took on their own. Um, symbiotic relationship with each other. So yeah, now it's it's a way for me to to see um, more places uh, when it, when I do go abroad. Um, it's a it's a way to if I'm entering into a race or um, you know trying to find a community of people, then I um, it's a way for me to to meet people and and kind of get to know a culture. What culture stands out to you as one that you would really like to return to, a running culture outside of the U.S.? Um, there's a couple. Uh, I was just down in Mexico to run the uh, uh, the Copper Canyon Ultra Marathon, the 50-mile uh, race in, in the Copper Canyon. Um, and down there I was... I spent a little bit of time with the, the Tarahumarans and, um, it's certainly a culture that I'd like to get back to, uh, because I don't know, cause it's so, their relationship to, to running is so foreign to me, um, that I, I just, I just want to know more about it and I want to know more about them as people. Um, they're, they're fascinating people and, and they seem to have little interest in, in, uh, horses and cars and, and are really quite content, uh, you know, walking for a day or two days to, to get to a place, um, even though a car might be faster. Um, so definitely the, the Tarahumarans. And then, um, I also just returned from, uh, the UK and spent a bit of time in, in the Lake District there. And uh, the, the people there, the fell runners, they, they've been, you know, running up and down mountains and competitively since, uh, like, the 1860s, 1870s. And, 
And uh, I, I found that culture particularly interesting. It's, uh, you know, they don't have the, the biggest mountains in, in the world or even in Europe. They're, they they go with what they have. Um, and they're, I think, to most of the people that live in that area, um, they're, they're the, the, the greatest mountains in the world. And so I kind of find that pretty cool as a, as a culture to, that, uh, you know, they have that love for their own mountains. Mm. That's amazing. And I know you run with a lot of other runners, including Scott Jurek. Who would you consider your biggest running inspiration, whether it be a friend or a mentor, someone who's no longer around? Um, yeah, I, su- I suppose uh, I have quite a, yeah, I have some fast friends, uh, Scott, and I run on the team with Killian and and Anna Frost and, um, gosh, there's countless others. Uh, but I don't know that I get my inspiration from them per se, uh, uh, so much as, uh, you know, people that are just getting into the sport. Um, I have a sister that, uh, yeah, she just two days ago, she finished her first half marathon, um, and 10 years ago, you know, the, the thought of running to her was like completely foreign. Um, and so I, I don't know, I, I guess I find that a lot more inspiring than, than someone like Scott or myself who doesn't, you know, doesn't have a job other than running. You know, if, if you're, if your job is running, then it's pretty easy to apply yourself to it, uh, uh, 40 hours a week or however long it takes to, to get good at it, uh. But, you know, for someone um, like my sister who lost 30 pounds and, and uh, started running a couple miles and then five miles and now she's running half marathons and is looking at trail races and mountain races, uh, that's, to me, that's a lot more inspiring. Mm, that's really beautiful. So what would be your advice for people who want to try running in general, whether it be trail running, road running? I know there's a lot of listeners out there who are kind of intimidated by running just because they see people like you who are so accomplished in the sport. How would you encourage someone to lace up their shoes? Uh, Kind of what I try and stress with people is to just not be intimidated by it. It's it's such an easy sport. If you're just getting into it, depending on... on where your fitness is, um, you know, go run around the block or go for a, a two mile walk and, and, you know, walk, run a couple blocks and just start off small. And, and, uh, I think the main thing is just to always keep it, uh, enjoyable. Um, and that's, that's, uh, a hard thing for people to, to really comprehend. Not everybody, but a lot of people, it's hard to comprehend, uh, my sister called me before she ran her half marathon and, and she's, she's asking where she should put herself in the field. If she should, uh, you know, try and make her way to the front of the pack and, and all these things. And I said, no, you just, you just have to enjoy it. You know, the, it's, it's all going to take care of itself. If you just kind of go your own pace and, and listen to yourself. Mm, I like that. Now, another amazing passion of yours is photography. How does photography running intersect? Do you bring a camera with you when you're out on your runs? 
Um, I sometimes do. I usually, uh, I don't know. The, um, there's a saying in photography that the, the best camera out there is the one that you have with you. Um, and so in, in that regard with, uh, the, all these, these fancy phones that we have now, everyone has a camera with them and, and it's a pretty easy camera to bring on a run with you. Um, so most of the pictures, running pictures that I take are just with my phone. Um, and I don't know, it's just a, a way for me to, uh, yeah, a way for me to share, uh, my passion with other people. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter too much to me, you know, how many followers or whatever I get. Um, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, capturing a moment and, and putting it out there and, people can take it or not. Um, I do bring my, my big camera, my nice camera with me, um, on some, some runs when, when I know that I'd like to, um, do something more with the picture, uh, other than just something digital. So if I have a feeling that I'd like to print it large or, or use it for a magazine, then, then I'll lug my, uh, wherever it is right here. This guy, <laughs> and that's that's not light that that's uh about five pounds and it's definitely its own sort of weight training <laughs> wow and what kind of gear do you take with you on a long run if you're going out the door and you think you're going to probably go for three hours what kind of nutrition and pack do you bring um for three hours i would probably just bring uh, a little bit of water um, in one or two goos, um, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that people eat. Um, living here in San Francisco, I can get away with bringing a $5 bill with me, um, which is kind of nice. Um, in the Rockies, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I tend not to bring all that much with me. I try to bring the as minimal amount of stuff with me as I can. But if I'm looking at more of a longer day out there, then, um, I'll bring my, my running vest, the, the Solomon skin pack and, um, with a little bit more water in it and some more food and, uh, an extra layer. And, um, and I guess that's about it. Yeah. I try to bring as little as possible, which, um, might not be the best advice, but, uh, I feel like I've gotten it down to a, a manageable amount. Do you have a certain quote or mantra that inspires you, whether it be during a long training run or a race when things get challenging? I don't have a specific one. I think that kind of everybody has their own and it, and it, uh, their own sort of mantra. And I kind of feel like it, we don't exactly get to choose it. It, it chooses us. So it kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a beat or a rhythm, you know, it just kind of enters your head and, and it chooses you and, and that's the one you go with. What has been the most recent race you've run and what phrase came to mind there? Uh, let's see. I ran a, a fell race in the UK. Um, and that was eight, Eight and a half miles, uh, about 3,000 vertical feet up and 3,000 feet down. Um, and 
I was uh, behind, well, running with um, the one of the one of the better fell runners in the past uh, fifteen years out of out of the UK. His name's Rob Jeb, um, and got to the top of the climb with him, and then chased him down for. Um, a good 20, 25 minutes and, uh, um, finished second behind him by about 30 seconds. Uh, and I don't know if I did have a mantra for that one, just, uh, kind of always keeping my head up and keeping, keeping him in my sights and, and staying positive. Yeah. I suppose if it, there was a mantra that was in my head, it's just, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, <laughs> you say it enough times in your head and until it kind of loses its meaning do you prefer so i guess that's kind of, uh or downhill sorry i i used to prefer uphill just because i was better at it but um i suppose in in that sense uh you know i do take a lot of inspiration from from someone like killian who's uh good at uphill he's good at downhill he's good at short races he's good at long races and uh i kind of saw that uh i had put myself more, more or less into a box by, uh, um, saying that I'm only good at uphill races. And, uh, I made an effort of kind of breaking down those barriers and, and, uh, paying attention to, to running downhill, uh, and paying attention to running longer races. And, and, uh, while I haven't had a ton of success at the the longer races. Uh, I've had a little bit, and I felt, feel like I've gotten better at them, and I've gotten better at running downhill. And and I no longer believe that it's something that you know you're either good at or you're not. You can you can work on all of it. Mm. What is one race that is on your bucket list? Uh, it's. Uh, Probably the one race that I'm trying really well, yeah, I'm trying really hard to get into it right now. It's called the the Dipsy. It's here in uh, in the Bay Area. It goes from Mill Valley to Stinson Beach. Um, second oldest foot race in the country. Um, they have a very unique um, kind of starting system. It's a, a handicapped system, so. Uh, they do away with all age group categories and male, female categories, and they start all the runners, uh, on a handicapped system. So someone like me, 32 years old, uh, I'll be 33, uh, for the race. I think I get a, a one or two minute handicapped, uh, handicap, um, a 25 year old guy gets no handicap. Um, a six-year-old girl gets a like a 25-minute handicap. You know, uh, a 55-year-old man gets a 15-minute handicap. Um, so it's an effort. It's it might not be perfect, but it's 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 an effort to kind of make the playing field totally even. So you know, uh, a very strong 55-year-old woman. Um, who's been training all year and has the race of her life, uh, might win the race and beat, beat me or beat, uh, a younger guy. And she gets, uh, an equal amount of, um, appreciation for it. So I suppose in that sense, I, I really love that race. 
they have uh, a competitive division and a non-competitive division. Right now, I'm in the non-competitive division, trying very, very hard to get into the competitive division. Um, and uh, so that's that's on my bucket list. That's uh, about a month away. Um, and I'm waiting to hear back if they uh, let me into that. What is the distance for that race? Uh, it's seven. It's about seven and a half miles. And it's a, a point-to-point race, um, no set course. So it certainly helps to know the area and know the switchbacks. <laughs> Very cool. I hope you get into it. What else is ahead for Thank 2014 you. for the spring and summer? What are you looking forward to, whether it be running, a certain traveling that's ahead, projects? Um, I'm looking forward to... Uh, well, um, honestly, I'm looking forward to not traveling around the world quite as much. Um, I've been doing that a lot in the past uh, 10 years, and I'm kind of just looking forward to sticking to the States and uh, um, doing some races and some runs uh, that I consider are in my backyard that I haven't really gotten a chance to do. Um, I'll be going, most likely going back to Alaska to compete in the Mount Marathon race in Seward, Alaska. That's on the 4th of July. Um, I ran that last year, came in second, uh, had a wonderful time and would really love to get back to that one. And, and then I'm guiding my first running trip, uh, this, this summer. Uh, cool. it's, yeah, hut to hut across the Rockies. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, taking me and Jen Shelton and two other guides are taking 12 participants from Aspen to Vail over six days, staying in uh, backcountry cabins along the way. And um, what are the dates for those, if listeners are interested in looking into that? Yes, yeah, so the, the 20... 14 is is in August, August 12th to 16th. Um, the trip uh, for this year is is sold out, uh, which I, I was really really excited about. Um, but I am uh, looking at 2015 and um, doing a couple trips in the springtime, kind of like spring training trips uh, in Moab, and then uh, three of the same hut trips across the Rockies. That sounds great. I'll definitely have listeners look into that. To close up our interview, I have a few either-or questions. <laughs> Apples or oranges? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with oranges. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Mountains or oceans? Mountains. Smoothies or juices? Mmm. Let me go with uh, smoothies. Thank you so much, Ricky, for sharing your story on the Running on Ohm podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Oh. Um.
thanks for listening to episode 40 of the Running on Ohm podcast with Ricky Gates, professional trail mountain runner, photographer, and world traveler. If you would like to connect with Ricky and the Running on Ohm community, you can find us on runningonohm.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In addition, in order to help others find the Running on Ohm podcast, it would be very helpful if you could leave a review on iTunes. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.